This episode of the Major Issues Podcast is brought to you by Comic Book Click at tpublic.com. Visit tpublic.com slash user slash comic book click to get exclusive one-of-a-kind merchandise including shirts, stickers, and phone cases all designed by us. Get your hands on the latest and greatest in comic book merchandise by going to tpublic.com slash user slash comic book click. And remember, you, yes you, are worthy. Everybody out there in comic book land, my name is George Serrano, aka the Don. And if you're listening to this, you can only be here for one reason it's a brand new episode of the Major Issues Podcast brought to you by comicbookclick.com. And as always, I'm never alone, sir. Please introduce yourself. I'm your big blue boy scout, Gregory Thomas, aka GT Rebirth. GT Rebirth is here, and even though we're maintaining our social distancing, we still got a lot of madness going on out there with this pandemic. Um, it's it's an occasion. It's a hell of an occasion. We're here to celebrate two uh, huge milestones when it comes to the history of comic books and comic book media. The first being the 82nd birthday of uh, Superman, the 82nd anniversary of his first appearance in Action Comics number one in 1938. And the second thing is the four year anniversary of Comic Book Click, which, as you know, 50 years from now becomes the latest and greatest thing to come to comic books and comic book media. So <laughs> got to celebrate that early. But I was thinking, you know, I was thinking. Four of... <laughs> more years. Yes, please. I was thinking um, of because the, the, what we're tackling today is the action comics storyline that came out of issue number 775 called What's So Funny About Truth, Justice, The American Way. And if that doesn't ring a bell, you may have seen this storyline be portrayed in animation under the title Superman versus the Elite. And I was thinking very hard, because this is the first time I've read this story, but I've seen Superman the Elite before. And I was mm-hmm. thinking very hard, when was the first time I saw it? And it was four years ago, <laughs> before I started the the idea of this podcast. Um, I, I had this desire to really dive deep into the characters of Batman and Superman. And as a kid, Batman's kind of easy, right? Cool gadgets, nice car. Uh, always gets the ladies with the weird names and <laughs> you know but Superman was always hard to um, pin down and so I figured oh, you know what I'll just watch a bunch of Superman stuff and one of them was Superman versus the Elite and I could say that this film and this storyline is one of the first things to turn my gaze or turn my um, perspective on Superman around mm. were you always a staunch Superman fan? Um, yes, I, I was into it since, like, you know what? I'd say I was into it to really young because, like, I, as I said on the first podcast we, uh, we did where we talked about Superman, you know, it, it's it's every child's, like, ultimate fantasy. You can do all the things, right? Yeah. <laughs> you are the fastest, you're the strongest, you can fly, and you shoot laser beams. Yep. <laughs> it, 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 is, it, it, it is the superhero catch-all fantasy. And when it came down to, like, you know, I'd seen I have a vague memory of some of the Max Fleischer cartoons. Okay. Yeah. Which I didn't notice till much later that like, wow, there's not a word said in them. <laughs> no. It just flies around and does the things. 
<laughs> yeah, cool. I saw him like bend the building once. It was like <laughs> I, saw, I saw him do the thing where he grabs two wires and the current goes through him, which doesn't make a lick of sense. No, but it does. <laughs> fine, sure, right, right. Or where he like he holds up the piece of broken track so the train can go over it. Yep, yep. He just connects them <laughs> with his hands. It's just like mm, sure, okay. Um, other than that, it was you know the uh, come home every day from school, Superman the animated series. Okay. I'm going to ask a question, obviously not meaning any offense, but <laughs> do you remember, because this might sound offensive, but do you remember the first time you, the idea might have crossed your mind that Superman may not be cool in the, in the societal sense? Um, the first time I believed it or the first time I got that. Oh, you got that impression. People. Yeah, that impression. No, no, I don't know. Do you? I mean, unless you you feel that way personally, I I just assume that that might be something you heard from the peanut gallery growing up. I I always got I always got that impression in like maybe junior high or high school when it was the idea that like the uh the Boy Scout thing became a popular term. Yes. Yeah. I can see. Which that. is always funny, as that's a term that comes from the character that's his best friend. Yeah. We're gonna use that as the insult. Right, <laughs> of all things, and um, yeah, I think I think it's the same way with me. Like I always knew that he was where he was. I think I, it's weird because I think on the surface the idea of like the whole alien thing made me think of like science fiction. So like it was like I don't really, right. I don't really uh, merge with this. It, it already it already makes it a, a feel like it's a little harder to follow or bigger than you want to be. Yes, yes, but then when you whittle Which, it all down to an, a story of an outsider, right, just trying to do. The best that he can, it is actually oh, yeah. pretty relatable. But then also, when you start, but also when you start talking about like when you start considering the idea that you know Superman feels like it's it's too big for me because it's like this funny science fiction story about an alien. My, um, by the way, let me tell you about this Batman issue where he fights a massive crocodile man. Yes, <laughs> yes, or the half <laughs> Batman, <laughs> the, the crocodile man, the Batman. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it it definitely gets um it gets a bit hairy. Speaking of which. Um, I've been catching up on Young Justice, uh, all, all uh, to all to do this on the cast, and Superboy is quite edgy. I wonder if that is a response <laughs> to the to the to the portrayal of Clark Kent. Is it me or I think it's does he I have something? Was back then in the nineties. Yeah, that he's he's a bit, it's a bit angsty, right? I mean, I guess yes, he is. Is he still in Young Justice? Is he half Lex Luthor as well? Yes. Okay. Okay. So maybe that, that that might be a little bit of that there. Um. But I was wondering. I was like, he's, is this like 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 the Asriel Batman? You know, like is this like the? Hey, don't even worry about that other guy anymore. Now you have a guy. Yeah. Screw the cape. Screw the big underwear. He's just gonna rock a t-shirt. And he's just gonna beat people's asses. I was like, I wonder right. if this is like a rebrand. And then we would literally get kind of a similar rebrand with uh, Grant Morrison Superman with the t-shirt and the jeans and the boots. Although it's still always a very questionable T-shirt because um, I, I had this happen twice with Young Justice and with Titans, where like it's clearly a regular T-shirt, but the moment uh, Connor puts it on, it's impervious. Yes, yes, yep, yep. It did a uh, lot of that, it right? Was merely caught in a few seconds ago. That reminds me of um, do you remember Punisher when they when he like gave him the Punisher T-shirt? His child yeah. was like, oh yeah, this is like good luck. I'm like, why'd you buy this? Why'd you buy this scary-ass sculpture in Puerto Rico? 
<laughs> what are you doing, kid? Oh my gosh. Um, so this storyline takes place. Oh, it was published in March two thousand one under DC Comics. Um, that's another thing that's kind of surprising. I figured they would have went back to the drawing board with Superman post nine eleven, but this is right there, right? Like, we're still yeah. kind of in idealistic America world <laughs> in March of two thousand and eleven. Um, go ahead, brother. Uh, you know, I, I think it's one of those things where it would have been so easy to say, we're going to take Superman and we're going to fray his edges a little bit to deal with a less, uh, how do you say, a world that is is a little more uh, hurt hurt than it was, yeah. that is a little more guarded and, and swingish. Yeah. At the same, but they, I think they make the right decision in simply just um, shining him up against it. Yeah. Like I understand, like you know, Superman is the, is the character that they put there to be like. I understand your reaction. It it makes all sorts of sense, but it's it's not the way to go. Exactly. I I think another weird thing is when we talk about this time here, right? Um, this comes out in two thousand and one, but let's group this. Let's go all the way to let's say. Uh, 91, roughly, right? So, like a 10-year period up until this comic ends up being published. Um, the 90s, if I'm not mistaken, is the first decade since Reeves' films where we don't get a Superman film. Okay. I don't think it... And I wonder if that was lack of interest. Obviously, the bridge was burnt with Quest for Peace, but I, I wonder... Yeah, like, yeah. Like, when I think 90s, I think Attitude Era, right? I think MTV, I think Jerry Springer. And I wonder if they had a hard time trying to make soups relevant in that time. This is also the period in which you would be half blue and half red. You know, like they were doing a lot of weird things yeah, with Clark. Uh, <laughs> that was a decision. Right. They were doing a lot of weird things with Clark. We read that Terminator issue, right, where the Superman, Supergirl and Superboy had teleconnect powers. So it seems like yes. they were really not sure what they were, what to do with this character. And it, um, I guess what also didn't help was the rise of companies like Image, which would come out right. and put out some very gruesome, gory, uh, edgy adult uh, comics in the superhero, I guess, genre. And the story that we're covering today actually is supposed to be like a response to the story. Um, to the comic The Authority. So there was this comic yeah. called The Authority that came out and it was like extra violent, extra sexual, all those other kind of things. This is also, I mean, this is kind of what we were talking about with Kingdom Come as well. You know, like this is this idea of like, oh yeah, now that all the edgy, tattooed, uh, machine gun toting anti-heroes tattooed are here. Tattooed teenage fighters from Beverly Hills? <laughs> That sounds like something. What is that? Is that a oh, it's a TV show that happened. Really? Yes. Tattooed teenage fighters from Beverly Hills? I believe they may have been tattooed teenage alien fighters from Beverly Hills. Yes. It is. It's tattooed teenage alien fighters from Beverly Hills from 1994 to 1995. This is ridiculous. <laughs> this is going to be its own episode itself. I'm just looking at the pictures. What is this? Anyway... Anyway, this it must have been like idea. this is when Power Rangers was popping, so I I I, I kind of get that. Um, <laughs> did you, um you had seen Superman the Elite the film prior to this story? Yes. 
What'd you think of the it, it, Um Manchester Black was fun. Yeah, he is fun. The other the other three didn't get much, although like the hat was just like uh I do things and then I drink about it. Yep. And pass out. <laughs> I just I hang I hang out, I fight and then I pass out. Um not yeah. much is known about Cold Cast. And same thing with Menageries it is a bit of a she's a bit of a, a recluse when it comes to like her storyline and stuff. But yet yeah, that Manchester Black Cat is really, really cool. I don't know if I would have made the Union Jack tattoo. Um No? No, it's in, in the in the other um, incarnation. It's just like a shirt or something, right? Yes. <laughs> okay. I was like, yeah, because it's that and Nuke. It's like, who would do that, though? <laughs> like, I get it. Like, Nuke has the American flag tattooed on his face. But like, are people really that? Is there, a, is there a version where he tattoos it on his face? I, I only remember the shirt. Um. No, no, no. I'm saying that Nuke tattoos the American flag on his face. Manchester, the the thing is tattooed on his chest the union jack is tattooed on his chest oh okay yeah so you can like see his nipples (laughs) and stuff like it's just uh i don't think i noticed that yeah it's just a union jack tattoo on his chest on his whole on his whole midsection i thought it was just like a a cool rocker t-shirt because he has like the the doc martens and the and the skinny jeans yeah it it just feels like one of those like uh those british pop punk rock t-shirts yeah but i guess there's nothing more punk rock than tattooing your government on your uh, i guess there <laughs> on your chest i guess there isn't oh <laughs> uh, man but let's get into this issue of uh, action comics number 775 written by joe kelly penciled by doug Mankey. i hope i say that right and libra <laughs> and inked by tom nuyen uh dexter vines jim royal a lot of inkers and jose oh sorry jose marzan and wade von Graw Badger and Wayne Foucher. That's a lot of people. <laughs> That's a lot of people that that seem to go into making a comic. Yes, and we got to give more and more credit to the, all the other outside people who are, you know, inking, coloring, all that stuff. Lettering. Lettering. Uh, the comic features a moral struggle between the Superman, oh, between Superman and the values of a newer, more violent team of heroes called the Elite. The clash mirrored a real-life debate amongst the comic community in the light of success of comics such as The Authority. The issue was well-received by critics and has been reprinted several times. Um, okay, so this... Let's get into I, this. I can't help but just have wanted to imagine Superman punching Kenny Omega for this entire book. <laughs> the elite. The, the elite. Uh. Hey, listen, I'm doing... This is... Um, Superman beats the elite. So... Our story starts off with Superman flying through the skies of Metropolis when suddenly his superhearing, um, with his superhearing, he catches wind of a broadcast stating there's a terrorist attack going on in Tripoli, or Tripoli, Libya. He flies as fast as he can to Libya and the scene of the crime, but instead comes upon a scene of blood and gore. It turns out terrorists let a creature loose on Tripoli and even the Libyan army had trouble defeating it when suddenly a third party arrived and massacred them all. Did you see this creature? It was like a humongous half ape, half uh cyborg monster. Whatever it is, it's it's in a disgusting place right now. And I was you know, I was trying to do like triple uh the research on this, and somebody had said that they killed Gorilla Grodd. I'm like, that's not Gorilla Grodd. No. There would have been much more fanfare if the if Gorilla Grodd would have got capped like that but 
It wasn't. I was like, people need to get their story straight. That's why this show exists, you know. Um, we go back to Metropolis and the Daily Planet where the employees are trying to make sense of what happened. The word on the street is four beings known as the elite made quick work of the creature and the army. Although not many pictures were taken of them, their leader, a powerful telepath named Manchester Black, told the, a Libyan general that the old ways are dead. When co-workers, when a co-worker writes an article claiming the elite to be heroes, Clark takes offense and they argue about whether Superman could have done a better job. Clark is told the world is sick and broken, Kent. People want someone to fix it, not hand out slogans and bandages. This starts the beginnings of the question, and I'd ask you the same question. Are Superman's methods old-fashioned? Uh, yes, but I mean, it's, it's still the... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you agree I mean, with yes, that? Okay. But... Do you agree with the old-fashioned <laughs> nature of that? Because it's like, it's like uh, making cookies from scratch is old-fashioned. Do you do it? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> right, 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 right. Yes. So, would you? Do you? And agree? by many accounts, you do. Yeah. Yes. Do you agree uh, with Superman's methods, out, even though they might be old-fashioned? I do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I I, I also like that Manchester is also called Chester on occasion. <laughs> <laughs> I like that nickname. Um, but yeah, I think that when it comes down to Superman, I. I was watching this with my roommate, the the movie at least, and I was trying to explain to him that, and I've said it several times on this podcast, that I think that his actual superpower or the the part that makes him super is the super restraint. Is this idea yeah. that he's surrounded by paper mache a paper mache world, and he can literally with an with ounce of anger or frustration, the same kind of anger or frustration that we show every day, right? When we slam a door or we throw our book bag on the ground or we right. throw our controller. He can't do that. He can't do any of that. No. <laughs> he cannot give, give in to the slightest um, bit of temper or any of that stuff. And I said that that, that takes a superhuman. That takes a superman. And I think I that, mean, have you ever just like... Have you ever just like in frustration just tightly gripped a pole on the train? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And he that whole train go off the tracks if it was Clark. So this yeah. I, this idea that um he's not doing enough, um, I think starts to worry and scare him. Because it's like, well then what am I supposed to be doing? Am I supposed to before we get to court, before the cops show up, before we get the entire story and figure out what's going on, I'm supposed to be judge, jury, and executioner? Do yeah. I have that right? And that's a big that's a big question. What do you think about people in the Daily Planet championing the elite? I think they're just as susceptible to that kind of thinking as anyone else. I think they're even even more like um able to be seduced by that sort of thing because they are like if you're in the newspaper industry, all you are is surrounded by awfulness. Yes. And I wonder if they've you know, ever tracked that to the appearance of Superman. You know, like, hey, everything was fine here. And then all of a sudden, he started showing up. And then a lot of stuff started showing up. And then now the elite shows up. It's like, you know, huh. Um, so I always wondered if they ever used that for, like, uh, uh I think the problem with that is, is it fucking, it, it tears apart pretty much every origin story ever. Oh, yes, because then they could just date it back to the day. You know, they're like, oh, yeah. As soon as you did that, well, that's just, what started Not even just that, but, like, as, except for maybe Gotham and a few others, it's like, Every place was fine until the other showed up. Yes. The existence invites yeah. challenge. 
Yes. <laughs> as, as Other than Gotham, Gotham was already trash. Yes, always trash. Always shooting people in the alleys and shit. People who's going, going always, uh, always, always full of mobsters. Oh my gosh. Um, so at the White House, President Luther, President Lex Luther. For those who didn't know, during the early two thousands, there was a storyline in which Lex Luther actually became the president of the United States. And so he gets briefed on the elite by his team, and they and he, they talk about their new popularity. Uh, it seems that people all over the world are starting to see their unilateral form of crime fighting as decisive and effective. And when Luther finds out that their powers are comparable and maybe even stronger than Superman, he decides to let their inevitable fight happen and see if the smoke clears. Um, do you think in this, and obviously this is literally the most pragmatic thing to do, right? Just sit back <laughs> and watch yeah. this go down. Um, with no, with, literally rooting for no one when you can see the obvious differences between the two. Do you think that Lex Luthor could, as president, could ever sanction a team like the elite? Um, no, openly that, no. Openly no, right? Because he, he no. has too much pride. <laughs> Self-made, although, I guess, right? Although you must say that, like, um, Lex Luthor being president is just, just something that feels more and more possible every time, every oh, year. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. He has the best team. But... <laughs> Right, I, I don't think you could. I don't think he could publicly do it either, ego or not, because Lex, Lex would be the type of character that will publicly do anything and not be concerned about it as long as he knows what he's doing. Yeah, I guess you know because like his because his public his public persona is a farce anyway. There's nothing to be prideful about. Yeah, that's true. I think my thing is that um, I I wondered what would have happened if the elite were able to vanquish Superman. Does Lex put out a press conference saying, oh, you know, these, this, I never liked that guy anyway. And these guys are right by <laughs> me. Or does it become America against the elite? Because I think That's he would take one. him the same way as a, the same kind of threat as Superman in a way. Um, but uh, I, it's I, interesting. I, I think you eventually just get like the super freaking civil war there. Yeah. It's like the DC version. Yeah. And he'd find a way to make it about patriotism. <laughs> You know, he'd find a way to spin oh, yeah. it all around and be like, come on, are you guys going to take this from some British uh, superhero team or whatever? And yeah. America. Exactly. Then Lockwood comes out. But, um, no. <laughs> so while talking with Steel, Superman catches news that there's been an attack on downtown Tokyo. When he goes to investigate, he is hit with a blast that knocks him down, and he's suddenly surrounded by a gang of Japanese metas. Uh, before he could even speak, these metas are brutally and horrendously hacked and slashed to bits by the elite as Superman uh, meets his competition for the first time. Um, they had they named these guys, but I didn't catch it. It was like the samurai something, some random metas they made up just for this occasion. Um, but let let's talk about the elite here. So we got Manchester because they guy. totally look like samurai. Yes, yes, right. Uh, so with the elite, something we... something Japanese. They do that. They do that way too often, um, especially really in Lo, especially in Logan. <laughs> but <laughs> Manchester Black, the team's leader, um, a British telekinetic vigilante, uh, and his Union Jack shirt um, in the series echoes the Union Jack tattoo that he had. And supposedly, um, there's a character in the Authority with a Union Jack shirt. So that's the, hmm. yeah, that's the tie there. DC's not very, they don't like to hide their inspirations too much. 
It's it's not it's not the most subtle. No, not at all. Um, you have cold. But then again, neither is the Squadron Supreme. No, it isn't. You have a cold cast, a very large, muscular African American man who wore dreadlocks, chains, and manacles around his neck and wrists. He's capable of manipulating. Gonna, I can't even. <laughs> He's capable of manipulating electromagnetism, and um, yeah, I. This is imagery, right? This is on purpose. What do it you has think? to be. I, he seems to resemble like he's wearing some sort of uniform, and I'm wondering if it's a war uniform. I'm wondering that's why if that's why the manacles are there. But nothing is said about Maybe. this. Nothing is said about this at all in the movie. But in, I feel like I feel like the moment you just like wrap a black dude in chains, you had like somebody had to know what was happening here. Hundred percent. But when how many people did this get by? There's a moment in the comic where they act, and it happens in the film as well, where the um, Superman has been basically beaten to a pulp, and they ask Cold Cast to finish him off. Um, in the co- in the movie, he just does it. In the comic, Manchester says something like, "Remember the welts on the back of your grandfather." Mm. That was very pointed. I was like, "Wait a minute!" <laughs> and then Manchester yeah. says, "I can say that I'm one sixteenth black." Yeah. <laughs> so, 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 I do think that there's some kind of I don't know Civil War, Revolutionary War stuff going on with. Which I think it's the second time he makes that that sort of joke because he says something earlier and then says I'm one sixteenth Japanese. Yes. Oh, I think it's the 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 same thing, the samurai guys, or whatever. Yeah. Like he says something like, "Oh, you guys would have been all child main if it wasn't for me," and don't worry about that because I'm one sixteenth Japanese. It's not even Japanese. Nope. No. Um. Menagerie, a I, everywhere I found it says she's Puerto Rican. Did not know this. I did not know how you could tell, but she's <laughs> a woman with a symbiotic suit of armor that allows her to transform into a chimeric creature. Um, she's also incredibly. She's a cat in heat, in the in the, at least in the film. She's constantly trying to screw Superman, which I oh, found kind of oh, yeah, weird. Yeah, yeah, that was weird. <laughs> I was like, you're really down for this. <laughs> And she's just creepy looking in the book. Yes. Um, the Hat, a young and powerful Asian earth elemental with a measure of invulnerability and ability to breathe fire. He's armed with a magic hat from which he can pull any item he desires, summon demons, and wield magic. Um, I, He just seems all powerful. I don't know. How, you know, like they, they don't dive really deep into how he got the hat. How did he learn his powers and all that stuff? No, they really don't. It's just like it, – it's sort of like this giant wild card where I can play with anything I want because this dude has this hat. And I can pull out anything. And he only does it a couple times in the book, but in the movie he pulls out all like kinds of scene, stuff. I feel like this scene needs a baseball bat. Yeah, yes. <laughs> a baseball bat. How do you feel about Bunny? The uh, bacterial colony that becomes a floating fortress for the elite. Some weird uh, creature, some weird living creature. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That's. I feel like we talk about it for like a second, and then it never comes up again. <laughs> well, Bunny in the comic, I think in the comic and in the film, ends up double te- like the uh, what is it called? Double son of a gun, betraying <laughs> the elite. Oh, double cross. There you go, double cross, uh, double crossing the elite. Um, because. Yeah, so she the the ship is sentient, 
and living. Yes. And Manchester um, sent her, removed her heart and sent it into the past somehow. <laughs> <laughs> so they could use her, her, her shell as a ship. So really, really messed up. Um, yes. But the elite decided to give Superman a physical on their ship. Um, that, like I said, a living cluster of bacteria called Bunny. And realizing that the sentient ship had the capacity to feel, Manchester removed their heart and sent it into the past. Superman asks the elite to cease operations, and Manchester calls him jealous. Black then goes on to explain his manifesto, how villains never really redeem themselves, and how he and his crew are scraping the earth free of scum. He then tells Superman that he can handle all gimmicky villains and world dominators, but when it comes to -to day-to-day crime, the elite have it covered. Before Superman can protest, he is teleported back to Earth. That was a flex. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. <laughs> when I was reading it, like, I was well, like, "I'd like a word." Oh, oh, wait. all right. <laughs> I guess, what? I guess I'm gonna have to wait my turn. But um, yeah, Manchester. I don't know if it's. Not, I think it is now. He alludes to like a very dark childhood of like having to eat dogs, and like his dad may have. Uh, been a Nazi or been killed by Hitler. Um, I, I, I think I, I took it like his father was a victim of like the, uh, the Reich. Yeah. The SS. Um, yeah. So he's Superman's like, Oh, you know, come on. We have to, we can't just throw morality away just because it's old fashioned. And, and Manchester is more like the, I, there's actual things. I'm, I, I've faced act, the actual horrors and evils of this world. And you keep, Kind of just slapping them on the wrist when there are really horrific and horrendous things that people go through every day. And if you're not going to treat them with the severity that they need to be treated with, we are. And I don't say I completely agree with that. I would disagree with that. But obviously, they're a bit more nefarious than they uh, they claim. It's one of those things where it's like, it's certainly a... A cathartic outlook. Yeah. And it's out- that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's the outlook that's... Because I remember this, um, you know, and you would too as a New Yorker. But it's like, right after 9-11, we went right into war. We didn't know yes. where the people were. We didn't know if we were going to the countries in which the hijackers originated from. We had very little knowledge. But the idea that we were doing something... Calmed yes. a lot of Americans down. The idea that whatever, whatever, um, you know, whatever that we took as a country, we didn't take it lying down, and then we went back, and it didn't matter whose blood, you know, were, ended up on our hands, so long as it was blood for blood. And I, I feel, even though this issue was written before that happened, I feel that I feel that in his words of like people just want something; they don't really care what it is; they just want action. No. As, as long as you give them some kind of like some kind of scapegoat or some sort of idea that a price is paid, it's just like good. Yeah, yeah. Um, I and then you know this has got to be one of my favorite parts, bro, because discouraged Clark goes to Smallville and seeks advice from Pa Kent, <laughs> a stalwart hey, in this in here this we uh, go. <laughs> in, in, in the Superman mythos, a, a rock, a foundation if you will, in the Superman <laughs> method, a column, load-bearing column. And um, Pa Kent assures him that scared people want quick solutions and that he would be better served trying to show the elite his way is better than scolding them. 
Um, this is one of several conversations that Clark has kind of in earnest, right? Like he talks to Steel a bit. That kind of feels like yeah. work, work talk. And then well, he has dumping his face in some odd liquid. It was like some acid thing or something, right? Like what was that? It was like some lava. No, no, it was it was bright green. It was weird. And I didn't know how to take it. I did not understand it. Um, but the idea that he would go all the way to Smallville and talk to his father, you know, shows this level of vulnerability with the character where he's starting to second guess himself. And um, you know, at the end of his kind of his rousing speech to Clark, he ends up like saying like, oh, like joking around like, oh, you know, but it doesn't matter because even if they don't listen to you when you show them the, the right way, you could always just beat them up. And then Clark doesn't answer. <laughs> he's like, you can beat them up, right? <laughs> and, it, and it leaves that thing lingering in the air. And I think that um, between this conversation and the conversation with Lois Lane, we literally get stakes for Superman. Like they say all the time yes. that he's a character that doesn't have stakes. He's a character that is invulnerable and impenetrable and therefore, you know, unstoppable. But right here in this moment, you know, we, he has a threat. And ultimately, when you look at it on the face value, he has to eradicate this threat if he wants to live. Right. But he doesn't want to do do that. Um, and it might be for his own detriment. How do you feel about the portrayal of Pocket in this issue? Uh Pocket was great here. Uh, the the guy in the movie was kind of amusing because I recognized the voice actor just a little bit, even though he tries to put like a more southern twang in his voice. Yeah, but I was just like, "That's the Colonel from Middle Gear Solid." This is weird. You know, Kansas, the Deep South. Yes. You know? <laughs> yes. Um, but no, Pocket was great in this. Uh, and it, it it's almost a. It's almost more jovial at the end of the movie where he's just like, you could just suck him, right? And they yeah. just, they just go to like a shot of um, mm, Superman staring off. Yeah. Uh, it was also kind of amusing because it it implies that Pa Kent will just put hands on anyone who talks half bad about Superman, <laughs> which kind of that kind of you know makes me smile a little bit because that is that's still his son, you know, and the <laughs> idea that people you know and. Th- Pocket must have lived a life, right? He yeah. must have seen a bunch of tragedies and how people respond and how people, you know, um, congregate around the silver-tongued leader that says that they're going to do everything the right way. Even he was a serviceman, wasn't he? I want to, I want to say so. That would make a lot of sense. Um, so it, it's really I think cool. Pocket served. Yeah, I mean, I definitely served uh served his purpose in this book. Uh, yeah. Um, around the world, public favor has fallen for Superman, but he still does his job. This is a bit discouraging, right? Because he, he this is <laughs> this is the only time I wouldn't want super hearing because he's literally doing everything oh, he's supposed to be doing, and people are just talking crap. They're just talking crap, and I think the biggest one, oh, the one that got me because I I was that kid sometimes is the kids playing, right? And they're like, he, one kid yes. is Superman, and he's like, I don't want to be Superman. You guys are, are the elite. You guys are cool. You guys get to kill. I don't get to kill. What the hell? You guys can kill me, but I can't kill you. That's not fun. And I was like, oh, damn. <laughs> it's getting real. <laughs> and uh, Superman gets to hear that. And, and like all over, all over the news, talk radio. I think on the um, in the movie, there was actually a debate going on about it. 
And it's this idea about, like we said again, you know, whether or not he should be doing everything if he can do everything. Mm-hmm. Um, right. When aliens are seen terrorizing an Maybe alien. Maybe I should get rid of those nuclear weapons. Wait, what? No. Throw them all in space. <laughs> uh when aliens are seen terrorizing an area, he subdues them by proving to the elite that you don't have to kill. This is the part where we say that the men in black are in this comic. <laughs> because randomly... I, the first time I saw this, I was just like, wait, what? Randomly, the men in black are in this comic. And I think, and I mean, I may be mistaken, but I think it's referenced that either Menagerie or um, Bunny were rescued from the men in black. One of those two alien, <laughs> alien symbiote things. Uh, came from the men in black. So I'm just like, and it's obviously Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones because there's, there's other, the men in black with uh, the comic. And, 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 and their three bug friends. And the bug friends. Um, there There's there's a, a bunch of agents, you know? But there's only one that looks like Will Smith and one that looks like Tommy Lee Jones and they're in this comic for some reason. Um, yeah. And then this kind of reminds me of like Rick and Morty in the sense where... <laughs> Um, where something was something very simple and something that seems very, uh, no, like the idea that Superman is like, Hey, you know, look, see, I, I stopped these aliens and I didn't have to kill them. And then Manchester and his crew show up and they're like, yeah, you basically allowed black market traffickers to, to get away. You know, like that's the Rick and Morty of it. all. like Morty will flip a switch and then Rick will be like, wow, you just killed an entire galaxy you know like this right. one trivial thing um and this almost like at this point in this conversation clark's kind of uh, frustrated <laughs> definitely i almost want to say even a little bit embarrassed this idea that he has thought that he had the right solution in this situation and manchester is showing up you know criticizing his whole thing and he basically like these are the scum like these are the worst of the worst and again here you are not dealing with them not getting rid of them not having a decisive way to get these people out of here so screw this hat kill them all (laughs) he basically says he said i think he says something like open up the ground and also allow acid rain to come down and that that will kill these aliens and as soon as hat goes to grab his hat (laughs) Superman sucker punches him in the face. He says, he says, no, and he punches him in the face. And it's all caught on camera. Oh, no, wait. It, it's, tell the streets to swallow them all, and then raid acid on their families. Oh, okay, sorry. The acid wasn't on them. It was on their families. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. That Cockney accent always gets me. Um, so, what? and like when he punches hat, all of this is caught on camera. So now that yes. the very popular elite have obviously now been, um, they have a rival. They have an obstacle in their way, and it's Superman. And now everyone knows this around the world. So I actually like this part. Okay. After, after Superman punches him, Black like really calmly says, like, well, you know how it goes. If you ain't with us, you're against us. Tomorrow. <laughs> and then he leaves. He just says, I think he literally says, um, you know how it goes if you're not with us and all that, yada, 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 tomorrow. <laughs> he, said, he says, thanks for the just cause. <laughs> yeah, he was just like waiting for it. And so they just leave. And they just it's already decided. It's, a, you know, it's unspoken. Tomorrow we're going to fight. That's what, this is, 
you've always we've always said you were going to be in our way or with us and you decided to be in our way so now we're going to get rid of you um uh, at home lois lane accuses superman of shouldering all this elite business on his own hmm. how did you feel about that uh criticism uh i i guess it's fair if you look at it from the outside you're just like there's five of that it's like four or five of them is one of you yeah like maybe you should call your friends why do you i mean clark says why he doesn't but why do you think he doesn't he's originally his originally his excuse which he proves which proves to be false is that oh they called me out right you know and Lowe's like nah i think you kind of called them out <laughs> I, I think he I think he has a personal stake in this situation just because this isn't like it's not like I'm just stopping bad people who are doing bad things. It is uh, Clark is upholding some sort of self image of his here. Yeah, yeah. You know these people are attacking what he stands for, so it's a problem that he has to solve. And this is something, you know, this the the truth, justice, the American way stuff. Um, the his moral compass has been something that's been, you know, given to him at a young age, and something that he he's been toying with and playing with ever since the character's creation. And I think that the idea that everyone could agree to just throw their compasses away scares right. me. I think I think when you've, it's like finding out tomorrow that water's poisonous. Like, how do you live life? <laughs> like, everything you've <laughs> ever done has been around this idea that water is fine. You shower, you drink water, you know, brush your teeth, etc. Superman lives every day with the idea that no matter how bad you are, it's not up to him to kill you. <laughs> it's not up to him to decide that you don't get to live or die. It, that, just like Batman, he gets he allows the systems that we created, that we say work, to process. But he's not going to just go around unilaterally and killing people. Unless you're aliens. I don't think he really cares about killing aliens. Aliens or anything that doesn't seem to be like like a, a true like, you know, li- no, sentient life force. Nothing that can smile. If it can smile, right. I, odds are he won't kill it. But if it, if it can't smile, it's fair game. Um, and, and really in the undercurrent, the, the entire into attacking of his values is almost like saying like like your parents brought you up wrong like or, you know, yeah, or you need to um, you need to evolve past with those things they taught you because those things aren't what the world is anymore. And you see, you see how defensive some of the older generation is to certain um, morals and values. You know, yes, it, they they these are things that they were grown up on, and and these are things that whole societies and timelines were brought up on, and the idea that again uh, it would be seen as old fashioned questions whether or not superman has a place in this world because if he's doing things the old way do we need him getting do we need them done that way at all and i like right. i like that manchester kind of like the initial um i guess deal or as you would call it is mm-hmm. yeah you handle all the cartoony guys like we can still do this together like you handle all the mustache twirling uh evil scientists and talking gorillas and stuff we're just brainiac shows up that's all you bro. yeah you understand like you you got the big the big guns and you keep doing what you do with that how you decide to handle that is what it is but the onesies and twosies that's gonna be us and we're gonna handle it our way and uh 
I mean, that's kind of a diplomatic way. He could have just took the whole thing, but I guess um, he really did want to meet in the middle. Um, the question then comes up about this whole great power. I was like, well, Manchester also does go into a whole diatribe about how, like, uh, you know, I was into superheroes. I like oh, yeah. you. Fan. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, oh, that was what it was. You're right. The reason why he offered the deal was because he actually respected Superman, supposedly. Yeah. He said he was the first. And that's why he's cutting him this deal because, you know, he was the first to try to do it the right way or 100% the right way. Um, with this idea that well, Superman ultimately confesses to Lois that the elite are perverting everything he stands for. And he can't just let that happen. Which then brings up this question of great power, great responsibility, which we talk about constantly, which is the idea that if Superman is the most powerful, is it his responsibility then to solve everything? And I think that's a little bit too much to put on Superman. Um, or anyone. Or anyone. And I do think that I do think that the two things I think of when I think of the Superman character now, after reading comics and watching movies and, and doing deep dives on the character, the two things I come away with is... One, his biggest super ability is super restraint, as I said before. And the second is, I think his biggest failing is that he can't save everyone all the time. Right. And if you put those two things together, the idea that you want to do everything, but you can't do everything to the full strength of your abilities, or yeah. you'll destroy the world, and then you have to, you have to abide by borders, laws, um, jurisdictions, uh, all kinds of, you know, weird bylaws and stuff like that. He's doing the best he can, honestly. I That's how I see the Superman character. And I think that he is supposed to be the motivation for all of us to just do the best that we can. I also think it's one of those things where you, you had to play it right, but it's one of those things where any any loss, no matter how on the cosmic scale so minuscule, feels exp- exponentially worse because you're Superman, it shouldn't have happened. Yeah. And that's be the first thing that Superman detractors will say. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, what about Superman? You know. And it's like... You know, like, like, like how, why did Dan Turpin die? Like, why didn't you stop? Like, <laughs> I was delivering a, a baby <laughs> in Kenya. <laughs> you know, like, it, you know? it's like how I can't literally be everywhere at once. Um, I thought he was going to shoot me. It wasn't... The- you're right. And that's why I think like these moments. I think like the 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 big boisterous Superman stuff is cool, but my favorite parts in this story are the moments where he's alone with Pocket and then Lois, and Lois is saying like, "How did you feel?" And Lois says, "I think you're gonna lose." Like that was a big that was a moment for me. I was like, "Wait a minute, <laughs> wow!" Like that was a lot for me. Yeah, uh, I can see why. Like those dudes are really powerful and it's really scary i mean they 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 opened up a cyber gorilla's guts yes yes they did um lois tells him that she'll think he'll lose and he responds by telling her more and more children want to be like the elite and see killing as fun he reasons Mm -hmm. that people need to see compassion and lois asks is he willing to die to prove this and he stays silent Mm. i think he was kind of sort of willing to die but I guess the events may say differently. Do you think at this moment he always had the plan that will unfold in this third act, or I, I I think he's I think he's quietly bullying it over. Yeah. 
Yeah. I, do you think I don't there think was ever... it's there in an instant? I think he's he's coming up with it as he goes along. Do you think that um, there was ever a point where he considered just completely getting rid of these guys? Uh, I don't think so. Because, uh, like, you know what I would say? I'd say at this point that that is a question he's already had to answer so many times that he's done answering it. Oh, so it wouldn't be like a new shocking looking in the mirror moment because he's I done mean, this. I mean, like, if you're already faced over with, like, man, should I just kill Darkseid? Or Luther, right? Luther just yeah. finds a way to sneak through everything. All the lit- litigation and... And all that stuff. Lex, kill all of Lex's lawyers? And that's it. And then I'll never yeah. have to deal with this again. But he chooses not to. So why now? Why Why would he change his ways then and now with these people? Right. Um, it just must suck, man, to be Superman and hear all of society kind of downplaying your ability. Um, and then your wife kind of saying you might not win this fight. I think Pa Kent was the only glimmer of hope to be like, you know, don't be like them. Show them. Really show them. Why it's good to be like the way you are, right? Um, and I think they, and I think I can imagine they, they both are concerned from two different directions. But I think, I think uh, John Kent is just like I believe in my son. My son's, you know, my son's gonna win. And Lois is afraid of losing her husband. Yes, yeah, because she doesn't know the whole situation. I don't think she's met the elite, um, any of that. And this is something that. Like I said already, the Daily Planet is covering. So people understand that this conflict is about to go down. Um, he also, Manchester constantly is bringing around with him like these alien cameras. Am I getting that right? Yeah, I I just, you know, I just like, oh, he has drones. Cool. Yeah, it looks like the drones from um, Far From Home. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, they're about to telecast this whole thing. <laughs> uh, at dawn, Superman meets with the elite for their fight but asks them if they can do it far away to minimize casualties. They decide to do battle on Jupiter's moon, Io. I hope I'm saying that right, or Io. Superman pleads with the elite (laughs) one more time to change their ways, and they refuse. Without hesitation or remorse, the elite begin to viciously beat on Superman, with Manchester using his powers to induce a stroke on the Man of Steel. (laughs) To finish him off, Cocast grabs him up by the head, and unleashes enough energy to create a crater. Pleased with his work, Manchester picks up Clark's cape as a keepsake. How'd you think about this mugging, as a professional com- <laughs> wrestling commentator would say? It's mug. Yo, the well, first time they said that, it was really invocative. The second time, yeah. The 50th time, I'm over it. Not everything's a mugging, all right? No, 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 it's not. Sometimes it's jumping. Yeah, sometimes um, it's jumping. Zoom in, zoom uh, out, zoom in, zoom out, was- zoom in, zoom out. <laughs> It's pretty awful to watch how, like, Manchester just cavalierly smokes a cigarette while he destroys this man from the inside. Oh, and he's also doing the villain monologue thing, right? He's also oh, yeah. like, you know, they, um, they want to get the cancer cut out. They they want you to pay. They want to pay up the moral nose. They don't care who does it. They just want it to get done. And right. um, they're just, they're beating the hell out of him. Um, you see him bleed from his nose, and that's when um, Manchester says the thing about the stroke. Which is like... Mm-hmm. How sadistic, right? Like that, 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 that's the only word that comes to mind when I think of like, oh, how do I want to stop him? I just want to give him a stroke and then kind of talk shit to him while he's on the floor. 
I did appreciate that the movie kind of like drags this out a little bit. Yeah. They beat on him. They beat on him something fierce. Yes, they do. Um, but yeah, Manchester's there. He has the cape as a keepsake. But this proves to be premature, as Superman's voice can be heard in the distance, thanking Manchester. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> this is all I, I put next. This was the most awkward thing ever in the movie. <laughs> well, that's what I put. I put um like a scene from a horror movie. Superman yeah. disables each of Manchester's teammates one by one. I think the most messed up was the was well, I don't know what happened to Menagerie. She just like exploded. <laughs> they said she got hit with some poison. The hat was um, Superman sent winds so fast that they created a vacuum in his lungs, and then he passed out. And I can't remember what happened, to Colcast. But um, uh, Colcast got the pop. What pop? He sent him in orbit. Oh, oh my god! <laughs> if you had super hearing, you could almost hear. The oh pop. yes! Oh yes! 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 Yes, <laughs> the oh, best part of the movie. Oh dear, that none of that. If you had super hearing, you could almost hear the pop. And yeah, like he's he now he's monologuing. He's moving so fast and so furiously, no pun intended, that they can't see him. All they can do is hear his his voice as he says, "Like you see, this is what you wanted, right? You wanted me to you wanted me to let loose or whatever." Mm-hmm. Um, so Manchester. Stands in fear as Superman finally reveals himself. Suit torn, face bloodied, and eye blackened. Oh, God, it's the ugliest thing. Oh, it's so ugly. It's, I think it's uglier in the movie, though. Because <laughs> in, so? in the movie, he looks almost more brutish, um, the Superman. So I was like, oh, my. He's just like a big caveman just beating up and you know, bloodied. This, this vision reminds me of uh, this, this image reminds me of uh, all the guys in the chat are going to... Um, Hate before, especially oh, yeah. Yogi. This reminds me of the image I hate from Dark Knight Returns. Oh, of the is that the uh, a Batman with a suit just torn up, just like guts pose and oh, oh, oh doing the thing. He reminds me of, like one of the Venture Brothers, like the other big guy from the Venture Brothers, <laughs> the big uh, dude with the yellow hair. Like, he's kind of almost like a Hanna Barbera uh, animation in a bit. But yeah, he's beating up. <laughs> he's beating up something fierce and. Um, in one, lack, in one last act of defiance, Black attempts to use his telekinesis to kill Superman. But a sudden flicker of heat vision in his eye gives Manchester a reason to taunt him, saying, you don't have enough energy to burn my head off. Suddenly, suddenly Manchester begins to worry as he realizes his powers no longer work. And Superman explains he never meant to burn his head off, just sent a concentrated beam from his eye through Manchester's retina using his heat vision to cut out the abnormality in Black's brain that allows him to have superpowers. I like that when this happens, like he's like, oh, what, what's going on? Superman just backhands him as hard as he can. <laughs> like before explaining everything, he's like, I just have to do this. You just need this. And he just slaps, he just backhands him. Mm-hmm. And uh, Manchester literally in the heat in like, uh, Pro Wrestling 101 starts to beg off. Yeah. And, it's like, and he starts to put his hands up. And it's like, I don't, what's going on? You're not like this. What's, this, is, this is ridiculous. You can't get away with killing and killing my team and all that stuff. And Superman then explains that he, was, he only incapacitated the team. And they're all still living, as will Black. He mentions being frightened by how close he got to accept Manchester's way, but remarks that vengeance and anger are easy. 
It's also mm-hmm. revealed that the final accomplice in um, with this is his sentient ship bunny, who was happy to be free of the elite. Defeated, embarrassed, and frustrated, Black unleashes a verbal tirade on the Man of Steel. <laughs> Um, it's, it's all I have left. Literally, right? I'd never seen somebody talk so much crap at the end. Uh, almost uh, like Civil War at the end of Civil War, <laughs> where he's walking away. <laughs> it's my shield. Give me my shield back. All right, buddy. Whatever you want to say, you won. Here you go. Um, he's he's literally he's calling him every name in the book. Uh, he's like, you think this is over? This is never gonna be over. Um, he, he claims that Superman's failure to kill him means that he'll be back. Mm-hmm. And right. uh, if he doesn't think that Manchester is going to come back, if he doesn't think that this is this is going to continue, he must be living in a dream world. Ah, the dream world. To which Superman responds, dreams save us. Dreams lift us up and transform us into something better. And on my soul, I swear that until my dream of a world where dignity, honor, and justice are the reality we all share, I'll never stop fighting. Ever. End of comic. Mm. Why didn't someone send this to Zack Snyder? Why didn't he... Did he just read the Dream World line? Did he pirate this comic? We read the Dream World line and then when he turned it, it was over? Like he turned the page? He probably just thought Manchester Black's (laughs) my favorite character. He's like, this is so cool. And then he never got to the last page. They'd say, no, all of that, you know, we don't do things that way. Um, I, I say that jokingly because... Um, Zach caught a lot of heat for for trying to defend um, his vision of Batman and Superman, saying that if we think that our superheroes are completely innocent and without fault and without sin, then we must be living in a dream world. And that felt mm-hmm. like a weird thing to say when you have the ability to um, portray these characters. We're also a bunch of virgins. Yes. Oh, we're also a bunch of virgins as well, yes. Um, and And it sounds cliche, but Comics are kind of sort of a dream world. If you want to consider, if you want to consider the idea of fiction, right? Someone had to have imagined it, dreamed it, if you will. And imagination is just a uh, uh, sentient dream, right? <laughs> like we don't, we know what's going on. Uh, so yeah, the idea that they would harpoon all that seems that he would harpoon all that seems kind of weird. I'm waiting for Man of Steel too, but I I fear that it's the thematic arguments like the one we're having today that are the reason why it's taking so long. Mm. There's, it, it's hard to not think so when, when we have Joker and Birds of Prey being greenlit every two years. <laughs> hardly something, well, hardly I mean, something we, Joker. We, th- this sort of thing came out where not, not like a few months ago or whatever where that report came out that, you know, uh, Warner Brothers is trying to figure out what to do to make Superman like relevant. Uh, was this like the whole? Well, let's get Michael B. Jordan. Was that like that whole? Uh, that that was the thing that came up around that time. Yeah, they were like, well, maybe if it's an African American man, he'll be more relatable. Is that the? I think you Which get is... into dangerous territory with that because then you just make it seem like it's African Americans are aliens. Sure, uh, or 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 you you just tie yourself back to an immigration discussion you don't want to have, or you don't have the balls to fully have. There's no point in introducing right. it if you're not gonna tackle it, you know. Right, right. Um, and which just means which just means Michael B. Jordan ends up in another Black Panther s story. <laughs> well, he's mad at people again. Yeah, and yeah. he can't go back to his land. 
Oh, Which, by the way, like Michael B. Jordan just has the angriest resting face ever. Yes, he does. I think it's the eyebrows. So, like, it's not a good vision. Yeah. Oh dear. Um. So, this issue is called the single best issue of a comic book written in the year two thousand and one. Oh really? Yes. Uh, and it was, and was voted number one in the top ten comics of the decade. Mm. Yeah, twenty one on the list of top 100 comics of the last 30 years and named the greatest Superman story of all time by Wizard Magazine. I uh, like that the name of the book is essentially the, his headline in the newspaper. Yeah. Yeah. And it's... I think it's, it's a poignant question because it's like, like, he, like we know this has been his entire life. And yeah. it's, it's, it's an apt question to ask. When did that stop being the thing? Right. When did when did it become funny? When did I miss something? When did we all decide that we're not doing the whole truth, justice, and American way thing? And I think that no, that's... we're we're doing image and 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 vampires with guns and boobs, guns yes. and boobs, guns and boobs, and and outfits that couldn't possibly support them. <laughs> yes, and torsos that are structurally unstable. Yeah. Um. The story was adapted into the 2012 DC animated film Superman vs. the Elite. So, mm-hmm. Gregory, which did you prefer out of the two? Um, you know what? <laughs> it, it does not stray further much at all. Yeah. Um, I would only say I prefer the movie if because it, it lets you like sit in the action scenes a little longer. Mm-hmm. You might you might argue there's no need for it, but you know, you you definitely get a little more out of the action scenes, where this book is more about like getting the message across, and there's a punch or two along the way. Yeah. Yeah. Manchester's paid off a little bit more comedically in the film. Right. Um, and he has purple lips. Which I don't yes, know. he does. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, what that's about, but I don't um, the biggest changes are there's no Lex Luthor in the film. We no, get, we get Atomic Skull though. And, I don't know why. Um, I feel like there was, was another story with Atomic Skull, and I can't remember. But anyway, um, Atomic Skull. Yeah, he's he's <laughs> the victim of of this argument between Superman and uh, the elite. And we also get introduced to a politician who's a Superman fan. And that, that's that's one of the side stories that um, tries to make a point. Because ultimately, there is a politician that's a Superman fan. And when the city ends up, you know, being attacked by... The Atomic, Devil's Advocate? Yeah, Atomic Skull. Yeah, he he's out there supporting Superman. But he gets attacked by Atomic Skull and he dies. Yes. That dusting stuff was... was Weird. Ugh. Yeah, like weird and and like dark. Like <laughs> they just touch it now, you're just dust and it, it's over. Um, so there's a point in which after this, this man has died, his child is holding him, and when Superman goes to console the child, the kid tells him, "Kill them." That's his first reaction: is kill them, kill those people, or kill him, kill Atomic Skull, because he just killed my father. Right. And you literally have that instant gratification moment of like, 
th- that's how people think. Like blood for blood. Um, I I can't say that I would think anything different. You know, I if, if someone hor- horribly and horrifically killed a member of my family, and then somebody just came in like, all right, you need to stop doing that. You know, and then put some zip ties on them and walk them out. I'd be very upset. Right. So I think that that was another layer that they added that improved the film um, was having somebody like that kid knows his father was a Superman fan. And, yeah. And and it might have cost him his life. So, yeah. And I, and I, and I guess you'd say that you, you do get that that uh that moment where it's like, you know, this shouldn't have happened because I'm Superman and it did. And I can't say if it won. And that's something I have to live with again. Again, yeah. live like with there, and, will, there will be failures. Live with and be reminded of, right? Because yes. people are constantly going to be like, oh, the, they, will, they will remind him of the short strift that he uh, took in that moment. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think this is the story we need, though. Yeah. How do you feel about um, Vera? How do you feel about the sister? That was random. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was interesting. I thought it was an interesting piece to like, I guess, uh, beef up the backstory. But then to bring her back later was just like, hmm. <laughs> so Vera... It, she just goes away. <laughs> um, I feel Did like... They use her again? Well, they use her in the comic. The comic is the big thing. Okay. Because, because ultimately what ends up happening is the same, you know, um, all these, like, all the people that were in this elite change up when when they, we get Justice League elite. When the Justice League decides, well, maybe, maybe some of these people are actually you know on the up and up, and they can actually do this. So Vera Black, the sister, which actually, I had no idea about, she actually becomes the leader of the new elite. Okay, okay, you know, um, Greg, the elite is fine. All right, the elite. <laughs> Is fine. <laughs> so sure she, be- is. so she becomes, <laughs> she becomes the leader of the new elite. They have cold cast there. They have a new menagerie and they have hat, and they become Justice League elite. But okay, um, in the book, I'm oh, sorry, in the film, uh, we find out that Vera was the sixth child because they had mad kids. Manchester's papa had mad kids. Uh, she, he was the, she was the sixth child and the only girl in the family. Uh, her mother died of childbirth, and her mm. uh, four of her brothers died in various ways. Leaving mm. just Vera and Manchester alone with their abusive, drunk father. Manchester looked out for his little sister, and she always watched out for him uh, to survive. They turned to pickpocketing. That's the kind of thing that they right. used to do. Um, and around this time, Manchester began to suffer from strange headaches that only seemed to be getting worse with each passing week. After a particularly good day of pickpocketing, <laughs> the siblings were pursued by police when Manchester's worst headache yet hit, leaving him spasming on the ground. Vera tried to protect her brother, only to be accidentally knocked in front of an oncoming train. It was at this point that Manchester's metahuman power of telekinesis activated, allowing him to save her uh, when he forcibly stopped the train with his psychic shockwave. Now, we, now we only get half the story in the film, right? We're told that yes. she died. And this is what galvanized um, Manchester to be a vigilante. Well, no, no. Like, she, he tells the story that he saves her. Oh, he did say because he, he stops. He says he stops the train. Okay. He he omits the damage he did to the train. Oh, to the yeah, the shockwave, the little the people on mm-hmm. the train. Yeah. 
So after this, Manchester and Vera were taken in and trained as operatives by MI5, the British Secret Service. Vera watched for years while her brother slowly became consumed by his powers, turning into a sociopath. After Manchester and the three other metahuman agents left rank and filed to strike out as a superhero team calling themselves the Elite, Vera helped Lois Lane and by extension Superman by proving uh, by providing the detailed personnel files on the group, revealing their powers and weaknesses. So she was a big uh, help on the end of that. I also like kind of sort of that the in the movie the ending is on Earth. Yeah, the very very end of it's on Earth. Uh, kind of because I want Superman to kind of show everybody <laughs> what the hell's. Even though right. the rest of it was broadcast in the comics as well, it was really cool to have actual fans in attendance. Uh, for that event there, um, this is one of the that ending scene is one of the scenes alongside the dark side scene that people really uh, point at to say like this is peak Superman mm. in the sense of like completely in control peak Superman character or pe- okay like a, I guess power powers wise like complete okay. control over his powers and to to because we never see Superman play with his prey if you will. Right? Right. He's very by the books. He's not like Nightwing where he's going to be telling jokes and bouncing off walls and stuff. But this is the most you, we have of that. Like he's actively taunting these villains as he's yeah. <laughs> kind of sort of killing them. And so I, while I, I, I like it in this moment as a mirror of the elite to themselves, I wouldn't want a Superman like that always. Oh, no, not at all. You know, and I think that that's what that would be horrifying. <laughs> I think you you create these challenges so that the superhero can rise and meet them, but they shouldn't galvanize themselves as, you know, like all those ideas and become that moving forward because that would be horrible. (laughs) That'd be absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Um, What's awesome, though, is that whenever something really, really good happens in the Superman lore and you look left and right and there's no Superman show... We're allowed to do it on Supergirl. <laughs> so, the 13th episode of the fourth season was titled, What's Which So Funny? sometimes makes me wonder, it's like, oh, we're getting a Superman show. Good Lord, what's left? Yeah, what, what are we going to do? I, I, I said the same thing when Arrow did League of Assassins. I'm like, oh, well, uh, good luck, Batman show. <laughs> right. But, but um, yeah, they, 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 they did What's So Funny About Truth, Justice, and The American Way. Uh, the episode is not the ex- exact adaptation of the comic book storyline, um, but it's the first episode where we see the elite. And uh, mm-hmm. after being incarcerated by his murders of the Children of Liberty, Manchester Black started recruiting members for his new team from behind prison bars. He managed to do so through his accomplices among the prison guards, who gave his messages to Pamela Ferrer and the Hat. Afterwards, the criminals officially revealed themselves to the world as the vigilante team, the elite who would fight criminals without giving them the benefit of the law. David Ayala mm. plays Manchester Black, while Louis Ozawa Chang Chen and Jessica Jesus. Mar- Mraz give life to the hat and menagerie, respectively. What do you think of the Supergirl version of The Elite? Uh, I thought it was interesting that they took out Codecast. I, I sometimes wonder if they if they just saw Codecast and were just like, yeah, we don't yeah, want to no do way. that. There is no way we can do this. <laughs> like, you either have to have a character that's completely unrecognizable as Coldcast, or you just don't do it. Yes. 
and they chose to just put an alien in it. Absolutely ridiculous. But you get um, Manchester Black is black. I don't mind that yes. at all. I mean, I don't. I rarely it's mind still it. Very British. Yeah, I, I, I very rarely mind it. Um, period. Uh, mm-hmm. but I definitely didn't mind it in this sense. And we've seen more dark-skinned uh UKers uh, across all forms of media, and they're almost yes. that that. I that... also remember Craig David. <laughs> He's walking away, Greg. He's walking away. Um, <laughs> so. Well, I remember like Attack the Block, you know, and stuff like that. Yes. And it's like what was in the 90s or the 80s and 90s, what was cool was like the whole Cockney accent thing. I feel like now yeah. the urban, the London, the urban London kind of scene and, and uh, portrayal is now what's kind of cool. And I think that's how. But also the, um, the, uh, David, the uh, I think his name's David Ramsey. Uh, the actor that plays John Johns is also British. Yes. Yes, he is. Oh yeah, <laughs> which I didn't find out until he was in the Call of Duty game using his real voice, and I was just like, "That's not right." There's a lot of these British guys taking our jobs, man. Oh, so many British actors who I don't know are British until they just, until I see an interview. I'm just like, "Wait, what?" I remember when John Boyega first spoke. I was like, "What? <laughs> you lie!" <laughs> yeah, uh, hilarious. Um, to my knowledge, they don't really go far in the show, right? Menagerie isn't she like taking care of? That episode, probably? No. Uh, well, Menagerie has her own episode, and then they come together as the elite after. But, like, Manchester Black for the, is really the character for the most part. That's the B-plot throughout the big Children of Liberty A-plot on Supergirl. Yes. And that B-plot is directed solely at Martian Manhunter. John Jones. He's the yeah. Superman surrogate, if you will. The yeah. one that cannot change his ways. And thus is dooming his people. And Manchester is trying to show and prove his way that certain people definitely need to be killed. And yes. um, in, I, if I'm not mistaken, his girlfriend was kidnapped? Was she killed? Uh, yes, she was. Fiona was killed. Um, and that sent him on a murderous rage that ultimately kind of proves the point of Superman and Martian Manhunter, right? Because he does something... That ends up being caught on camera that allows people to strengthen their anger towards metahumans and uh, aliens. Yeah. Because he goes uh, to attack that, that... Lockwood? Does he get that on yeah, camera Lock... or something like that? I, I think so. I, like, Lockwood gets involved in a few things that, they, that gets used against them right. in various ways. Yeah, and that's the whole thing. Is like we, we just show... You know what? Like we, you, you got to do it. You got your your bloody revenge, and then what happens at the end of it? How are you portrayed because of it as an animal, and they turn society against the aliens and stuff by saying, "Look, look at the kind of lengths that they would go." You know, dirty politics it happens all the time. But in this instance, oh, they, yeah. they're they're using it with them. What was, if you can remember, because I'm a little bit lost. What was the last appearance of Manchester? Do you, is he alive in that series? No, I believe he gets killed by Martian Manhunter. Oh no. <laughs> Is that when he um? It was that during the time when he was doing the whole like mind meld with his father. Um, try to be a pacifist or whatever. This was after that, and uh, yeah, Martian Manhunter is in his like pacifist role after he leaves DEO because he can't he doesn't want to be involved in with that anymore. Yeah, and like 
Manchester is constantly ch- challenging this new this new change for him. Yeah. And um, in a sense, like Manhunter just kind of breaks, and like I think that's the first time he refers to himself as like the Martian Manhunter. Ah, uh, <laughs> yeah, right. That's one of those names that people, I guess, call him behind his back. <laughs> yeah, because nobody <laughs> names themselves to these things, right? Except Batman. Who is the most, who is the least, you know, mentally stable of them? I, you know, I always, I love Batman. I love his lore. I love all that stuff. You bring up the mentally insane thing, right? And it, I just always just think of him slumped in that chair. <laughs> saying, yes, father. Yes, father. I shall become a bat. <laughs> that's, the most, that's one of the most unhinged, like, what is it called? The moment of clarity? <laughs> like, I think he has like a knife wound. You know, like he's he's, he's yeah, losing blood. Yeah, because he has dad by a hooker. He's losing blood, and he's just passing out. And he's like, "You're right, he dad." Got by a, he got stabbed, and he just crawls back into his building. It's just like, "Yeah, you're right, you know dad. This is it. I need to be a bat. That's what. That's what." And then a I was bat missing. just crashes into a room, and he's just like, "That's the answer." No, it's not. No, no. And uh, I would have been scared for any other animal that would have crashed into the window. We would have got a whole different, different yes, DC universe. I shall become the honey badger. I like that. Bruce Wayne honey badger. Um, <laughs> they keep trying to, uh, you know, restructure and redo this Superman stuff. But honestly, it it only works if he's old fashioned. And you can play it up. I think that we've talked at great lengths about characters like Captain America, where his old fashioned nature is kind of seen as a joke on occasion. But his steadfastness is not seen as a joke. And right. You can have both. You can play with both sides of that. Like you can play with the whole barbershop quartet and and uh, you know milk milkshake floats and whatever, but come back around to the actual nitty gritty of the reality of the world and good and bad and how he sees fit in it. Um, yeah, I mean, like that's it. they. I don't think they've ever really given themselves the chance to play with that. Maybe the TV show could try it, but the TV show always has to like be, it, it. It's a different kind of old fashioned because. You know, Superman won't have been raised in the seventies old fashioned the Wonder Years era. Yeah. Right. So like you have a Superman that today would have been born in like that would have been born in the nineties, which is its own weird thing. So he's like he's Southern good person, but he's still not, you know, American youth good person. Right. If, if you understand what I mean. And you also have, uh, you know, from the forties up from the fifth nah, I'll say sixties up, there's a lot of social conflict. You know, yes. every decade deals with with a certain um, marginalized set of society fighting for their rights and fighting to be recognized and be known. And I think probably what was going on in the comics was just another day at the office. And so yeah. it's hard to look at Superman as relatable if he's not responding to the actual real things that are happening in the world. You kind of have to put him up against all of it, you know, which is. Which is essentially what comics try to do with themselves all the time anyway, right? Yeah, and I think a, a, a example of that, a good example of that is this idea that maybe we would, uh, we as readers would have taken some pride or some umbrage and want to use the American, uh, the literal American propaganda machine, Superman, against other countries, to which DC says that it's no longer about truth and justice in the American way anymore. It's about truth and justice. Yes. He is he is a citizen of the world. Right. 
and which I, think, I was a big fan of. Yes, and that that's also it. because you know, man, you know we would we would have just perverted it. <laughs> we would have oh, just yeah. turned it and twisted, it and he would have been all American. And you would have turned it into the Homelander. Yeah, I mean yeah. that's the joke, right? Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. He would have just been the propaganda tool, the living. Pro- you might as well make his cape American flag because it's the, it's the same thing. Um, it was my idea, <laughs> and the 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 wavering of that doesn't com- comfort a lot of people though. Like you know what I'm saying, like him not being like, oh, just America. Some people are bothered. Yeah, some people are, but it's just, the world, that's, yeah. uh, the world is much, much bigger. It's a much, much bigger place. And even though sometimes it's getting much scarier, we still need the old fashioned, the good old fashioned uh, morals and values to permeate and make us and make this world a better place. This yeah. is um, all uh, full transparency. Majority of the Hardly worked on. I mean, or, or hard worked on? Not hardly worked on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the majority of the schedule for the Major Issues podcast had to be uh, kind of uh, eradicated. And we had we to. We just threw it in a blender. Yes, we threw it in a blender along with the, very, with the other lost episodes of this podcast. Yeah. And we had to uh, start from scratch because ultimately we were getting ready to cover some stuff for Wonder Woman, for Black Widow. Um, you know, these other comic book movies that will be coming out on television shows and everything seems to have come to a screeching halt. Somehow Bloodshot escaped. I don't know how. Yes, yes. But I think Bloodshot escaped with like a two-day or like, because I was supposed to see that over the weekend to cover it. And by Monday, the theaters were closed. Yep. And I was like, wow, that that just sucks. But now that's available. And, then it, and it made it out. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we're we're still, you know, committed to give you guys an escape every single week every single wednesday as part of the major issues podcast so we've come up with some pretty cool topics to cover here and there um and i'll let you guys in on next week's we'll be covering young justice a show i have never seen before and i'm i'm quietly and calmly combing through now and i'm digging it Uh, i'm really liking it. it seems to be a lot more danger and seems to be a lot more talk of death which is something that you don't really get in yeah. cartoons dealing with superheroes. Um, you know what's interesting for me is that for as much as people talk up the other show, like this is my Teen Titans. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. So like, I I have less interest in watching the other show because I'm just like, is it as good as this? I also thought because of the uh, the art that that was that that might have been Tim Drake, but I guess it is Dick Grayson. Because you know that like, the uh, colors are a bit Drakey. Right. So I thought, I, I and, and the hair maybe a little bit. I was like, oh, this guy's, uh, they're doing the Tim Drake thing. But I was like, oh, because oh, no, because you mean first season, Robin? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But that's dead. No. So. He will ultimately become Nightwing in the yes. future. Um, but yeah, we'll be tackling Young Justice. It's third season, uh, finished not too long ago, maybe about six or s- seven months ago. And so, um, I'm hearing some great things about it. Uh, I see how they're doing some of the stuff with the Markovia stuff, and Wally might be coming back from the Speed Force. A lot of really cool developments there, but I'm really, really excited to get into that. I was excited to get into this because with everything that's going on in the world, something positive, something that goes back to home, comfort food, if you will, is comic books. And it was really cool to uh, chop it up about this here. Um, the great thing is if you like Superman and you want to continue to celebrate Superman's uh, existence and his 82 years in print, we have a bunch of Superman themed episodes on the podcast. I think we've done 
an episode covering Action Comics 1000. We've done an yes. episode covering Kingdom Come, where he's a, a, a real big staple in that story. We've done an episode where we covered literally the Man of Steel debacle, or, you know, like the, the debates <laughs> about whether or not uh, Zack Snyder's Superman. It, it's, it's, it's literally just the, 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 philosophical, the, the philosophical debate on the Man of Steel. Yes, direction. yes, literally. It's an entire debate. I love it. It's episode 50. Go back uh, and, and check that out. But we, pick a hero, and we probably covered something on it, or we'll cover something on it in the future. That's what we do as part of Comic Book Click, and you can find out all of our episodes of the Major Issues Podcast at comicbookclick.com, the official home of the Major Issues Podcast, and home of uh, all the other content that we do as part of Comic Book Click, like our merchandise. We have articles. You recently put up an article uh, discussing how you felt about Doomsday Clock once it was all over. I would suggest going back, yes. ladies and gentlemen, and checking that out. Really, really good read. More of me gushing about Superman. Yes, more Superman. <laughs> uh, but all of our library for the Major Issues podcast is at comicbookclick.com. And we just turned four years. Four years ago, we didn't have a podcast. Four years ago, we didn't have a website. Four years ago, That's we didn't have That's another great episode, by the way. We did Superman and Son. Oh, yes, we did. We did um, uh, Superman Rebirth. I yes. really like that episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Superman Rebirth. I really like that book. Yeah, that's one of my one of my favorite Superman stories as well. Superman Rebirth was also done. Um, constantly trying to, and we did Supergirl. If you want to see us be miserable, but uh, we're all we're constantly trying to look at the good, the bad, the ugly when it comes to comic books and comic book media. Some stuff is um, opening back up theaters on in various locations and stuff, but we'll still be here busting our ass to uh, make sure that you guys got some fresh content. So make sure you go to comicbookclick.com for all things comicbookclick. If you want to reach us out on Facebook or all the rest of the social media, you can go to facebook.com slash comicbookclick, Instagram at comicbookclick, or use the hashtag comicbookclick to talk about the newest, hottest, latest, and greatest things to come to comic books and comic book media. We're also at Major Issue CBC on Twitter. Sir, what's your Twitter handle? My Twitter handle is RebirthGT, and hopefully I will remember to use it more often. <laughs> um, our social media following is growing. People are being more interactive, which is, like, I always thought that the likes would be the fun part. It's the interaction. It's talking to these people um, who have the opinions on the various things that we talk about. That really, really seems to make this worth it. So make sure that you reach out to us across all social media, and you can always email us at comicbookclick uh, at gmail.com. The links to all of that are in the show notes, the links to comicbookclick.com, our merchandise, um, our YouTube, our Facebook, our Twitter, our Instagram, all of that's in the show notes. So uh, come on, get on the bad wagon before um, it gets full up because it's going to happen soon. The last thing I'd like to ask of you, it's our birthday. It's our four-year birthday. If you could do us a favor and it costs you nothing but time, if you can leave us a review on iTunes, rate and review us on iTunes. Give us a five star if you think we deserve it because it's the quickest way for us to grow as podcasters and it's the other quickest way for other people to listen to this podcast because they get recommendations and people ain't recommending two-star podcasts. I, I'd like to say we have about eight or nine reviews, all of them five stars. So thank you for all you guys who went out there and reviewed so far. But if we can get a couple more just a couple more for our birthday. I think we can really push the envelope and get some more members of the clique uh, a part of this and, and more conversations going and the more the merrier. What do you think, GT? Also, if we can get just enough people in those reviews to comment Yogi Bear, you will get Yogi an OnlyFans page in which you can see him in his full glory. Yes, yes. Uh, I think they, they – uh, he – 
the bearskin rug thing. That that's what you're referring to, right? It's not. Yeah, bears it's not, are in. It's 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 an acquired taste. You know, <laughs> it's it's an acquired taste. I I never knew he was that flexible. But I mean, I I love all the members of the Major Issues podcast. And that's another thing. Yogi will be a part of that episode of uh, Young Justice. I know he's been dying to talk about it, so I'm excited as well. But my name is George Serrano, a.k.a. The Don. I'm Gregory Thomas, a.k.a. GT Rebirth. And this has been our review of Action Comics 775, What's So Funny About Truth, Justice, and the American Way. And remember, whether or not you have purple lips or a tattooed Union Jack on your chest, whether you shouldn't in this climate be wearing... Uh, handcuffs or <laughs> manacles around your neck, whether you're Please. some sort of bacteria that's ready for an orgy or you're pulling your rabbits out of the hat, remember that it's always about truth, justice, the American way. Remember that we are the clique and remember that you, yes, you are worthy. <laughs>